Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mr. Chief Justice, please the court. Given a society that doesn't have law, can we record firsthand as this changes to a more democratic system? This is Life of the Law. I'm Anthony Martinez. Christian Rivera was a champion among the best in the sports league. Rivera won large cash prizes, had major corporate sponsors, and fans around the world. Did you get a lot of practice in yesterday? Well, we got some good games and we played really well, so I'm really confident going in today, too. I'm pretty sure that we're going to advance. But you won't hear about Christian Rivera on ESPN. He's a professional gamer. His sport happens completely online. Heroes come in many forms. Some have vision. Some have grace, and some have strength, but only a few shall become legends. Rivera plays something called League of Legends, a multiplayer online game set in a fantasy world. The game involves two teams fighting against each other via avatar champions, like Alistar the Minotaur or Evelyn the Assassin. A team wins once they've raided and destroyed the other team's base. Your team has destroyed an inhibitor. In an annual report, market research firm DFC Intelligence listed League of Legends as the most played PC game in North America and Europe. The creators of League of Legends say 32 million people play the game for more than a billion hours each month. Most play League of Legends over the internet from the comfort of their homes. But for professional gamers, Competition happens in public cyber arenas with large crowds watching both in person and online. Teams compete for enough big money that the game is their full-time job. Two teams, one million dollars, and the chance to take home the Summoner's Cup. Millions of people watched online. 10,000 adoring fans were in attendance, all to see who would be crowned Season 2 World Champion. Christian Rivera was slated to become one of those world champions, in this year's upcoming season of competitive play. But not anymore, because League of Legends has banned him from its top tournament for one year. The charges against him? In-game harassment, verbal abuse, and offensive language. Never before had a League of Legends player, let alone a professional player, been punished so drastically. When Rivera's ban was announced, fans of the game weighed in on YouTube. I think we share some similarities because I've been banned before and I've corrected my behavior. I don't think that they need to take it this far, like saying that he can't compete. It's destroying all his hope. Some people said, oh, it's too harsh. He's been banned for a year. It's the end of his career. I'm thinking, well, no, he has probably ruined his career if he can't get back into a team, he can't come back because, well, the guy's acted like an arse. Rivera's sentencing was handed down by something called the tribunal. A virtual judiciary that is built into League of Legends. 
a panel of Rivera's skilled gaming peers reviewed the evidence against him and decided the punishment. The ban has real consequences for Rivera's life and finances. He'll have to start his climb to the top all over again, winning far less money along the way. And since the average pro gaming career lasts only five years, Rivera may never get back to where he was. Riot Games, the creators of League of Legends, could just delete the accounts of troublesome players altogether. Online games are not democracies. But these judicial processes do exist within many multiplayer online games. To understand how they came to be, you need to know more about the history of virtual crime in virtual worlds. My name is Simon Ferrari. I'm a PhD student in digital media at the Georgia Institute of Technology. Ferrari studies the politics and design of digital games. He also plays League of Legends. I play League of Legends and I study League of Legends because it's the game that I like to play the most. And it just happens that it's also incredibly interesting in a variety of ways. Ferrari is fascinated by how laws came to exist inside virtual worlds. It's this kind of experimental look at a model and an almost an alternate history, like given a society that doesn't have law, can we record firsthand as this changes to a more democratic system, right? Because we've only got incomplete records of what has happened in real world nations in the past. Online gaming has been around since the late 70s. Over networked computers, players could interact with one another via rudimentary text-based chat rooms. So if my character's name was Simon, if I wrote talk, hello everyone, then the game would tell everyone in the room, Simon says, hello everyone. Players could also enter commands to show their character's actions or emotions. So if I type emote feels very happy today, then everyone in the room would read, Simon feels very happy today. As with Dungeons and Dragons, players had to use their imaginations to get the most out of the game. Some highly skilled players could even program new elements into the game. Typically, they'd craft dramatic narratives or magical items that other players could then interact with. But in the early 1990s, that norm was violated in one game's most public chat room. One night, a character called Mr. Bungle entered the living room with an item described as a voodoo doll, kind of a digital voodoo doll. The so-called voodoo doll was in fact a programming trick that commandeered the game. The problem with Mr. Bungle possessing this voodoo doll was that he was able to fake emotes from other players. And using that ability, he basically created this scene where multiple women within the game were seen violating themselves and each other in kind of horrific graphic ways. Eventually, the game's developer stopped Mr. Bungle's grisly scene, but his actions had real-world effects on the game's community. An article in The Village Voice described the incident as a cyber rape. One woman whose character was violated by Mr. Bungle said she suffered from bouts of post-traumatic stress following the attack. What follows after this event is everyone in the game needs to figure out, well, how do we prevent virtual rapes from occurring? We, We can all agree that we don't want people to be able to do this. So the victims of the rape and their friends and allies called for the erasure of Mr. Bungle. At first, the developers hesitated. They knew that as the game became more popular, more malicious players could be drawn to it. And the developers didn't have the time or manpower to hear every case and ban every player who acted horribly. Which is why they decided to create what was one of the first virtual judiciaries to deter future in-game crime. 
it was basically an adjudication or arbitration system. And it was a way to settle disputes between two individual players. This was a way of asking one uninterested third party to come in and judge the, the facts of a case, like in the case of a virtual rape, and determine if there was fault and what the punishment should be. And with video games, reviewing the facts of a case is the easy part. Factual evidence is recorded at all times by the game system itself. So every word that has been logged is recorded in a database. Every movement of the character, you know exactly where two given players are at any given time. So unlike the real world where so much of the judicial process is built around this fact that you have firsthand accounts that are delivered via people's memories and voices that causes all these problems and doubts. In a, in a virtual world, there's never that doubt. You see it. In the League of Legends tribunal, if a player is found guilty by majority vote, usually their username and IP address are banned for a few days. Their harassment score, a metric used by the game to track problem players over time, also goes up. Usually, all that is enough for most players to check themselves next time they log on to the game. Christian Rivera, however, had been through the tribunal nine times and punished eight. Rivera's accumulated harassment score at the time of his ban had him among the worst behaved of all North American players and the number one worst ranked pro player. Whether it's Mr. Bungle or Christian Rivera, Problematic players tend to spread negativity, bringing out the worst in other players. You're a dumbass, and I hate you, and hope you die in fire, slowly. Game makers will tell you they want to discourage behavior like this in order to help bring about a sort of virtual world peace. But Rutgers University law professor Greg Lestauka says that game makers' motivations aren't just altruistic. If a company focuses on the short-term disregards certain users just in order to make a buck, I think that might be profitable in the short term, but ultimately it's going to mean that the platform has less respect. And less respect means less people want to play the game, which really means less money for the game company. Listauka is the author of Virtual Justice, a book exploring the social phenomenon of multiplayer online games and how they relate to the law. I think that a lot of people think that In some ways, the online space and the game space is trivial in the same way that like an arcade game, you know, like Pac-Man is trivial. You know, you just play it for a little bit and then the game is over. And why should the legal system really take much notice of it? And I think what that loses sight of is the fact that online games today are really persistent cultures and they're persistent economies. Lestauka believes that these virtual judiciaries play an important role in keeping real-world courts out of the picture. I think to the extent that a game company creates clear rules that people understand, that people respect, and doesn't act in arbitrary ways and gives some degree of due process to gamers you know, when they're accused of violating rules, then that actually makes the community more healthy and makes the company more profitable. After the League of Legends Tribunal banned him for a whole year, Christian Rivera released a statement. In it, he apologized for offending other players and his fans. He says he understands professional players are role models and should act accordingly. He also said the ban won't end his aspirations as a professional player. Quote, League of Legends is my life, 
and I will do everything in my power to play as long as possible. For Life of the Law, I'm Anthony Martinez. This episode of Life of the Law was produced by Nancy Mullane, Shannon Heffernan, Julia Barton, and Caitlin Prest. Production assistance by Ashley Ann Krigbaum. Music by Kyle Kaplan. Our web editor is Mary Atkins. Financial support comes from the Open Society Foundations, with special thanks to Thomas Hilbink. Additional thanks to Sarah Liu and Kirk Battle. For more on this story and others on the law and the legal system, visit our website at lifeofthelaw.org. Choi. And I'm Rebecca Lair, and we are the Mashup Americans. The Mashup Americans. <laughs> uh, think of us as your guide to the hyphen America world we live in. Are you first generation Korean American married to a Colombian Mexican American and making beige babies? Us too. Or do you speak three languages and eat Salvador and pupusas at Shabbat? Is Spanglish your best language? That's me. <laughs> uh, Spanglish is definitely your best language. Yeah, it was kind of a problem in graduate school. <laughs> eh, don't worry about it. We're, we're done with that. So we've got a new show here on the awesome Infinite Guest Network. You can go search for Mashup Americans in your favorite podcast app and check it out. We've got a great story about the mashup life of Donald Trump. Oh, and I just went to Margaret Cho's house to Netflix and chill. Kind of. <laughs> oh, my God. Vamos, let's do this. As we like to say, get to know yourself, America. <laughs> 